Corporate stock buybacks have always received attention from investors, but suddenly they're a part of the mainstream conversation. Politicians on the left and right, from Bernie Sanders to Marco Rubio, have targeted stock buybacks as they think about ways to address wealth inequality and tax reform. But how much are buybacks really to blame for society's ills? I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. This week, I'm joined by Barron's associate editor, Andrew Barry, who has written about buybacks for years, including in a cover story just last year. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for joining us again. Happy to be here. Before we talk about the political debate that's emerged around buybacks, let's just talk about what a buyback is. Well, the idea is that many corporate managers feel their stocks are undervalued. And to basically uh, reflect that, they decide that a a chunk of the company's earnings should go toward repurchasing the stock in the open market and then retiring it. The idea then is you have fewer shares outstanding and the earnings of the company are spread across a lower share base and therefore the earnings per share of the company rise. So the idea is that you're benefiting shareholders by essentially trying to engineer a higher stock price through buybacks. Companies, of course, can also go the dividend route. How do companies make that decision? And is one better than the other? Well, the way it generally works is that corporations generally do both. Generally, the dividend is kind of a base level. They want to basically pay a dividend that is uh, sustainable throughout a, uh, an economic cycle or financial cycle, or basically that they feel that even if things go bad with the economy and earnings come down, they can still pay the dividend. Buybacks are the thing that kind of shifts more over time. More like a bonus almost. Yeah, it's almost like a bonus. So companies tend to be flush. They basically do more buybacks. And when things are less robust to the economy and, and the business, they pay less. Tell us a little bit more about why we're really talking about this subject right now. We're talking about buybacks because there's been an explosion in corporate buyback activity in recent years. The cash that companies receive from December's big tax cut is finding its way into investors' pockets. Within the S&P 500 index, there probably was $800 billion of stock buybacks in 2018, which was about 3% of the entire market value of the index. And that's probably double what it was five years ago. This comes, of course, as corporate America tallies up its windfall from the tax cut, which slashed rates from 35% to 21%. And so there's clearly been an upsurge in stock buyback activity, in part helped by the drop in the corporate tax rate, which basically was a big benefit to corporations during 2018. And are there companies in particular that were really seen jump on the buyback bandwagon? Well, Apple is actually a poster child for buyback activity. It has by far the largest corporate buyback activity in the country. Apple owns four of the top five biggest quarterly buybacks of all time. Apple made buyback 70 to $75 billion worth of stock, which is almost 10% of what is done in the Standard & Poor's 500 index. That's last year, basically? That's last year. After Apple, I would think the next biggest chunk of uh, buyback activity or the level of buyback activity is among major banks, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup. They are very active buyers of their own stock. Many of them are returning all their earnings every year and basically using it to buy back their own stock. Wow. And that takes us into some of the debate that's emerged, I think, really well. Senators Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer recently wrote an op-ed in The New York Times where they basically said that If companies are doing these buybacks, we should be asking what they're not doing. They wrote, when corporations direct resources to buy back shares on this scale, they restrain their capacity to reinvest profits more meaningfully in the company in terms of research and development, equipment, higher wages, paid medical leave, retirement benefits, and worker retraining. 
what do you think when you hear that? How much reality is in that, or are those really just political talking points? I mean, I think they're overstating the problem. I think there's been a meaningful increase in capital expenditures by big corporations, an increase in research and development. Between the two capital expenditures and research and development during 2018, it's probably over a trillion dollars by the companies in the S&P 500, which is a large number and up more than 10% year over year. And bigger so, than the buyback expenditure. Right, it, it, is, it is bigger than the buyback expenditure. So the idea that basically corporations are skimping on it I think it's just not borne out by the facts right now. In order to understand or kind of get the context for why we're talking about stock when it comes to inequality, you really have to think about the ownership of stock in America. There are workers that own stock in their retirement plans and their 401ks. But at the end of the day, stock is still largely owned by the wealthier part of the country. It's definitely true that while stock ownership is spread around tens of millions of workers through 401k plans and other retirement accounts, the reality is that you know, there is a disproportionate share of stock and wealth held by uh, you know, the top 1, 5, and 10% of this country right now. So I guess you could understand why stock, as we head into the next presidential election, could become an effective talking point. It is. I mean, buybacks are kind of a buzzword, a symptomatic of what progressives and those on the left view as wealth inequality in this country. And they feel that stock buybacks have been effectively benefiting a small sliver of the population. And they see, you know, wage growth has been not all that dramatic or, or not all that great. And that basically there needs to be a redress that happens in favor of workers and at the expense of you know, the owners of the business or the wealthy right now. So one of the things that Sanders and Schumer connect to buybacks or to regulation about buybacks is forcing companies to raise their minimum wage to $15, which is another topic that's getting a lot of attention in the last year or two. Does that make sense to you? I think it's great if companies want to pay their workers $15 an hour. I think most major companies do pay their workers at least $15 an hour. But I do think it's somewhat unfair to require that as a prerequisite for doing buybacks. I mean, if it's an important public policy to have a $15 minimum wage. It ought to be applied to all businesses, public and private, rather than simply public corporations. And so, because uh, in some industries, whether it be restaurants or hotels, the prevailing wage is probably less than $15 an hour. And to require public companies to basically pay that while private companies don't, I think is somewhat unfair. Corporations are among the more, most generous and progressive employers compared to private companies uh, in, in the country right now. And in terms of wages and benefits, if you work at companies ranging from Google to Facebook to Boeing and other companies, I mean, you're relatively well paid compared to what you would earn in most private companies. And it's ironic that high-profile corporations who are generally pretty benevolent are being targeted right now. It is interesting to think about the fact that this is very much a public versus private debate, right? Private companies are not publicly buying back stock, right? Because it's just not out there to do. So this is really, this approach to look at corporate excess is very much focused on the public markets. It's focused on the public markets because that's visible. We, we can't really tell what private companies are doing. And private companies could be returning profits to their owners. And it just wouldn't be visible because they're private and don't have to disclose it. But it's very visible with public companies. And therefore, it's getting more attention right now as the whole issue of wealth inequality and uh, income disparities, I mean, get more attention. It's the private companies, too. A lot of these so-called unicorns, the billion-dollar-plus startups, we've seen a lot of the bad behavior going on, right? I mean, because they're operating in the dark in a way. Uber had a lot of issues 
because we didn't know very much about them. I think you're seeing some uh, scandals now erupt in some of the companies that do, I mean, food deliveries and deliveries in terms of just how workers are being exploited there, how basically tips are being applied to their base wages, and that they're essentially being shortchanged and treated very badly. I mean, if legislators want to take a hard look at something, the whole gig economy and some of these private companies, which I think, from what I've read and seen, are much more exploitive of their workers and public companies, ought to deserve some attention and some greater scrutiny. Let's talk a little bit about how regulation of buybacks could even work. Marco Rubio has one proposal out there just this week talking about how we would like to change the tax treatment. It's pretty complicated. I don't know that we need to go too far into the details. I'm not even sure he's figured out the details yet. But can you regulate stock buybacks? It would be very difficult. The Schumer and uh, Sanders proposal talks about minimum wages that need to be paid for workers, minimum level investment, retirement accounts, health care benefits. You before say, you can do any of these buybacks. Before you, as a prerequisite for doing buybacks. So that would mean you might have to have a government agency, a regulatory body, essentially going over corporate you know, financial statements to basically certify that they're complying with whatever these regulations are, which I think is a very burdensome situation. Right now, you have something similar that goes on now for major banks, which go through an annual stress test every year. And that comes from the financial crisis, right? right? It's a legacy of the financial crisis. The idea is that the major banks are uh, critical to the financial health of the country. And so the federal banking regulators put them through a very stressful test every year to see how they would fare in a very dire economic environment or scenario. And then they then determine if they pass that test, how much you know, of their earnings can they give to shareholders and dividends and buybacks. But that is a month-long process and can involve hundreds of thousands of pages of uh, documentation by the banks. And it's a very burdensome uh, issue. And in fact, the uh, regulators have cut back on the number of banks that actually are subject to those tests, partly because of just how burdensome it is. Imagine doing something like that for you know, thousands of corporations right now. It would be a very difficult and burdensome thing. And then there's the whole issue of you know, whether or not the government should be in the business of basically telling companies how much cash they should give to their owners. I mean, it's not done for private businesses. And so to me, it's somewhat unfair. It certainly wouldn't help the current issue we're seeing where so many companies are staying private instead of going public, right? I think it would certainly be an incentive for more companies to stay private and therefore not be subject to it. And I think a fair way to do it would be like raise corporate tax rates and therefore you, you get more money from corporations that way. You can raise dividend taxation or capital gains taxation. To me, it's a simpler and fair way if that's what you want to accomplish. And so uh, to me, if you feel the corporations are being excessive in their buybacks, then basically you can change tax policy to basically achieve some of your goals without getting into the burdensome and I think a difficult to enforce tests that I think Sanders and Schumer and and others have been advocating. And I think that's probably where things are going to go. I think that Congress and legislators are going to realize it's difficult to basically get involved in micromanaging corporate affairs and that if the Democrats do win in 2020 and they win both houses of Congress and they win the presidency, I think there's a pretty good chance you will see higher corporate taxes after 2020, which will accomplish some of those goals. Thanks, Andrew. This is really interesting. Thank you. For more on buybacks, dividends, and the ongoing political debate, go to barons.com. I'm Alex Yule. The Readback is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. We'll return next Wednesday.